Welcome to Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life. I'm Sherry Essig, an executive and life coach, and I work with people who are done settling for less than success and happiness. And I'm Ann Roby, an HR advisor and consultant focused on building strong employee engagement and meaningful company culture. So Sherry, it's just about Turkey Day. And you know, this is the time of year when everyone is talking about gratitude. In fact, last year we did an episode focused on gratitude, but we really wanted to think about it a little bit differently this year. So as you and I were prepping for this episode, we kind of came up with what are the things that we're grateful for in light of the pandemic? So this is going to be a little bit of a different episode, yeah? Yeah, it is. And I'm super excited that we're doing this episode because I know I have been really conscious as we have gone through the different phases of the pandemic of things that I'm grateful for. And I have so many friends that have talked about this. And so I'm just really excited uh, that we're doing this episode. And this goes without saying, but it's totally worth saying that the pandemic came with a very, very high price. And I don't know anybody who's like, I'm so glad the pandemic happened because this great thing came out of it, right? It's not that at all. Yeah. It's not that I'm grateful for the pandemic, but what I think the pandemic has given us an opportunity to see is maybe just some things in life that weren't totally working for us, right? Yeah, exactly. As you said, we did an episode on gratitude a year ago. You and I talk about gratitude a lot. There's a lot of research out there about why gratitude is so important. And one of the things that comes up over and over again, and this is from Harvard Health and many other studies, is that gratitude is consistently associated with greater happiness. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, especially if you think back to the positive psychology class that you and I did years ago, but we probably already somewhat had that mindset, but this is a class for anybody listening that Sherry and I both did with a professor named Tal Ben-Shahar, and it was all about looking at the positive side of psychology, and so much of psychology is focused on what's wrong and how can it be fixed, and what he and a lot of his colleagues are looking at is sort of what's right And I think that's kind of our theme is what's as terrible and frankly shitty as the pandemic has been in so many levels. I'm just so grateful for the fact it forced my hand in slowing down. And ultimately, the complete slowdown by leaving my job and really starting sort of down a different path, which may or may not have happened without the pandemic. Well, let me just jump in and say this podcast would not have happened without the pandemic, or there's a really good chance the podcast would not have happened without the pandemic. Some of the other research, and this one is out of Berkeley, is that gratitude allows us to celebrate the present and it magnifies positive emotions, which was so critical during this period of time and still is really important. The pandemic is not over for everybody. And gratitude can really help block toxic and negative emotions Grateful people are more stress resistant. We've all dealt with a certain level of stress during this time. And grateful people have a higher sense of self worth. When it comes to self worth, this is such a critical part of being resilient and the way we move through life. Yeah, for sure. In my own practices, when I can slow down enough to notice what's right instead of always focusing on noticing what's wrong, which is kind of the easier thing to do. I just notice for myself sort of higher levels of positivity. 
And I was just recently with a client in New York City, and we actually practiced some of this. And the team leader had asked me to help the team be better at giving each other feedback. And we really grounded it in observation of the positive in order to facilitate and build trust. Each employee spent a little bit of time talking about their colleagues and what they really saw as some of their strengths. It then sort of opened up the channel to also say, you'll be even more amazing if, and whatever that is. And so the the starting with the gratitude or that grounding in gratitude really helped this team also get to some of the tougher conversations, which doesn't necessarily totally make sense, but it does, especially if you think about it, it really builds the bridge between people to facilitate trust. Me being grateful to you or to others or whatever, it helps both me and then the person that I'm sort of engaging with from a gratitude perspective. Well, that's actually one of the really cool things about gratitude. It has a really positive effect on both people. It's the expressing gratitude, expressing appreciation. And so most of us are quite familiar with the challenges that came with the pandemic, but it also came with some opportunities. And as we were researching the episode, there were some really consistent themes that came up in these articles about gratitude and the pandemic. And spoiler alert, Anna and I went and talked to some folks that we know. For Anne, she talked to a total stranger at LAX. <laughs> right? I always have my microphone with me. So watch out if I run into you in an airport somewhere, I might stick it in your face and ask you some questions. Anne Roby, woman on the move with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right? Some of the themes that came up were around being grateful for partners and family or children and pets. I had a friend who set, made a comment about they hadn't had this many family dinners ever. Friends and neighbors came up, community and solidarity with neighbors and helping people. And I mean, the list really goes on, but opportunity for more fresh air and to slow down. And it was just interesting to me how so many of the themes I was reading about in the research were so consistent with things that I heard from friends and that groups of us would talk about. Yeah. And we ourselves, right? It's almost like um, sort of desperation sort of breeds opportunity in some ways. And that's what happened. I mean, I know you had a regular, I forget if it was a Friday night thing or something with your family for a long time. And y'all had never been on Zooms or calls like that. You'd been physically together, I believe, all of you. I don't even know the answer to that. But yeah, we did, I want to say for probably the first nine to 12 months of the pandemic, we called it Friday night family night. And it was consistently my brother and sister-in-law, my sister and brother-in-law, and then me and Warren. And sometimes nieces and nephews would join, but mostly it was just the siblings and spouses. And it was great. My brother lives in New Jersey, and I only see him a couple of times a year. And it was amazing to spend that much time with them. It also created different ways of looking at things. So for instance, Lori, who's a good friend of both of ours, she really noticed a different way of working and engaging with friends. I had this sort of rigid idea of what a workday looked like. I own a small business. I have employees. I want to set a good example. COVID gave me the ability to recognize that I don't have to have such a rigid structure in my day. Just the flexibility to work when it feels right and take the time to be with friends when it feels right. That was different during COVID. I found flexibility to see people that I had not been able to connect with 
regularly people that are very important to me who are in a different place in life. I have two very good friends who are retired. I've been friends with them for years. And through cycling, we created this bubble where the three of us would ride during what would normally be a work day. Thanks, Lori. Next, we're going to hear from a couple of other folks with regards to what they are grateful for in light of the pandemic. First up is Brandon, who I literally met while sitting at the bar at the LA airport and stuck a mic in his face. So you'll hear a bit of background noise on that one. And then we'll hear from Joseph, who I worked with several years ago and had an opportunity to catch up with recently. Taking some time, though, during the pandemic to focus on what was important to me was creating balance and focusing so much on other people. I never really focused inward. So I started focusing inward and and doing some things that really resulted in some personal health improvements. Lost a good bit of weight, but also from a state of mind standpoint, got some clarity on what was important to me. And again, I think pausing to really reflect on my life was very impactful. And I don't know that it would have happened had it not been for the pandemic. COVID reminded me of the fact that I do have a small circle and that I should make an effort to take really good care of that small circle. This was an equal opportunity suppressant to all of us. All of us were going through this and it was a reminder that it's time to be kind. It's time to be a good friend. It's time to understand that some people are having this much tougher. Continuing with Joseph's theme, we're next going to hear from my friend Carmen, who I am so glad I had the good fortune to meet at a friend's house years ago when she was in town from Austin, Texas. I was grateful for time with family. I used to travel quite a bit for work. And so when that all stopped, I had to slow down. But time with family and being present with my family in a way that I hadn't consciously been present before. And I'm also grateful for, I heard this in a class that I was taking, a running class I was taking this morning, and it just hit me, grit and grace. The grit to get through something like the pandemic and the grace to get through something like the pandemic. So we're going to hear from two more friends of mine. First, you will hear from my friend Robin, who I initially met through the local Raleigh business community and have known for about 10 years. Then you will hear from my friend, Rebecca. Rebecca and I worked together in LA in what seems like another lifetime and have now been friends for over 30 years. I am so very grateful for that slower pace. When a lot of people say it forced me to slow down, what I said was it allowed me to slow down because I was in this loop. I had even met with my assistant in January of 2020 to say that I wanted to shift my business model and how were we going to strategize that? And so we started creating a strategy plan And then when COVID shut us down, it allowed me to do that. It gave me the time to think about how I wanted to do it versus trying to grasp at straws to do it. It just really allowed me that time to not only shift my business model, but to do the things that I needed to do to make it happen. Because I was stuck in that loop of, I didn't even have the time to do the things I needed to do to make the transition that I wanted to make. One of the things I've been really grateful for after coming through the pandemic is that it gave me a kind of awareness for people that are vulnerable around me in a way that I wasn't before, meaning people in my neighborhood that were dealing with health issues or were alone during the pandemic 
or family members that are older and just realizing the vulnerability that they feel kind of all the time, but then particularly during the pandemic. And it created a new ability to have compassion and understand them more and then just created bonds through being able to be of service to them and spend more time with them and ask them about what they were going through, just things that might not have come up if we weren't in a time where it was really heightened, you know, that kind of vulnerability. Also, like coming out of the pandemic, having those relationships with neighbors that maybe I wouldn't have had if I hadn't invited them over to my front yard and had those kind of real one-on-one discussions with them. So I'm grateful for that. These comments from my friend, Rebecca, really make me think about one of the things I was so grateful for during the pandemic. We had Sunday night backyard wine with our next door neighbors every week. And while we were already good friends with them, I'll just say for 14 and a half months, we got together every week and talk about deepening the friendship. It was just wonderful. Yeah, what a gift. So now that we've heard from some of our friends and new friends, I'll say, we want to do a couple things. We want to talk a little bit about how to cultivate more gratitude, even when times are tough. And then real life, in the moment, Sherry and I are actually going to practice showing some appreciation for each other. And we don't know what the other one's going to say. And just as an FYI, this is not necessarily pandemic related. We just both jotted down some things that we really appreciate about the other. But in terms of cultivating more gratitude, you've probably heard of a gratitude journal. And it's something that Oprah years ago kind of championed. And I know I've tried it. What I do now is I actually buy an old-fashioned desk book calendar, one that has sort of a week at a glance. And every day I try to write three things in there that I'm grateful for from the day before. And let's be honest, I'm not super duper perfect on this. And some days I forget and some weeks I forget, but that's okay. I just pick up wherever I am and I sort of go back and pick it up again. How about you? How are some ways that you cultivate more gratitude? You know, it's interesting. I have been practicing gratitude for a really long time now. I think we took that positive psychology class in 2008. If I remember correctly, there was that whole section on gratitude and a lot of practices. One of the things I really noticed for myself is how often I have a thought, oh, I'm so grateful. When you practice something long enough, it becomes top of mind. And that's one thing, not to be completely redundant on this, but I'm so grateful that I've had a gratitude practice for so long because it's always very top of mind for me. So that's one thing. And then for me, I don't have a gratitude journal per se, but I have a journal link practice and I don't write what I'm grateful for all the time in it, but I do fairly regularly, much like with your calendar. I'm not perfect on that, but I'm frequent. So, you know, we're talking a lot about this journaling thing or with me, with the calendar. Maybe that works for people. Maybe it doesn't. I'll tell you what we did one year. And I think I might've even talked about this on the gratitude episode last year, but I gave out kind of large Mason jars to a group of friends that came over on New Year's Eve and then some really pretty colored paper. And I just invited them to call it a gratitude jar. And anytime they thought of something that they were grateful for, to stick it in the jar. And if they found they weren't putting things in the jar that often, to force themselves into the practice of, today I'm going to write one or two things, and then to open it later. So we opened it the following year on New Year's Eve. 
you can open it on February 1st. It doesn't have to be any specific sort of date, but it's kind of a fun practice and it's a fun practice to do with friends as well. So I love that one. Yeah, I really love that practice. I have never done that, but that makes me really want to go out and implement that. It also makes me think about only recently have I become much more conscious of expressing gratitude. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about a friend and I just sent a text and said, I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And I'd like to say I've been doing that forever, but it's relatively new over the last couple of years. And I think it may have been spurred actually by one of our prior guests, Mike Robbins, who talked about really actively expressing appreciation. I have to say there's a very selfish part to it because I feel so great when I get the text back from somebody saying you made my day. That's awesome. As long as they don't think it's like, wait, is there bad news coming next? Like if you do it so infrequently, you might freak people out a little bit. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, Miss Anne. Yes, Miss Sherry. We're going to actually do a gratitude appreciation practice for each other right now. Neither one of us knows what the other one is going to say. And we're going to do a little bit of a round robin on this, just to model what you might want to do with some of the people in your life. Just to sort of tee this up, it doesn't have to be anything formal. We're doing this both because tis the season, but also because I love Miss Sherry. And when we came up with this idea, we thought, how fun. But also, just as Sherry said a couple minutes ago about sending a text to a friend, this doesn't take any amount of planning or work or what have you. It's really, truly about catching something in the moment that you appreciate. That's all it is. So we're going to practice live. (laughs) And I just want to make one other comment. The other great thing about this practice is the more you keep gratitude top of mind, the more you see things you're grateful for that you just might not have given a conscious thought to. All right. So on that note, I am going to start. So Anne, one of the things I am so appreciative of and grateful for with you is that you really push my thinking and you make me smarter. And I am so grateful for that. God, thank you. I really appreciate that. And by the way, if you decide to engage in this practice with a friend or a colleague or a spouse or whoever, just notice how it may be your tendency to say something like, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, you're already so smart, Sherry. Just notice that it might be your tendency to minimize in some way. And also notice if I had just done that to Sherry, it's actually taking something away from her right? She's given me this beautiful gift. And so now my job as a receiver is just to say, thank you. And I appreciate your appreciation. I guess my first one's a little similar, Sherry. And that is, is that I am so grateful for your supreme and amazing curiosity, your not only willingness, but ability and kind of desire to dig deeper, to lean in and to just see what else can be learned or gleaned when I'm sort of like, eh, we're 80% of the way is good enough. So I so appreciate your willingness to kind of push hard to get to the right answer. And I'm just going to come clean with what went through my mind when you said that was, oh my God, yay, you're appreciating how I can be a little obsessive sometimes. (laughs) Well, at least it's yay, you could appreciate that instead of, oh no. (laughs) It's on the right track. That's good. That's Okay. This is actually kind of fun. (laughs) Uh, My second one is on a 
bit of a more lighthearted note, I so appreciate that you show up in San Diego every year when Warren and I come to San Diego. And for our listeners, my husband and I have an annual trip to San Diego. And the year that Anne moved, we asked her if she wanted to come meet us for a couple of days. And I think you've only missed one year. I am so grateful that you take the time to come and spend that weekend with us because we're on opposite coasts. And I know I can always count on seeing you in April in San Diego. And I just so appreciate that. The fact that it's San Diego makes it kind of easy, but thank you. I know it is tough duty and I still really appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Well, that kind of leads me to potentially two of mine, but I'll just start with this first one. And that is Sherry. You are such a deeply caring friend with a huge commitment to staying connected. Yes, we meet in San Diego. We try to meet, I guess I just crashed their vacations, y'all, but we also try to meet in Colorado every year. Anytime I'm on the East Coast, I try to dip down. But ever since I moved out West, we have had a standing call, which really keeps us connected. The podcast has sort of taken over some of those calls, but we still really stay connected. And I don't have that with, I don't think any of my other friends, like a regular standing connection. And I just so appreciate your commitment and your, I'm going to use the word love. I can feel the love when we are able to stay connected like that. So it's kind of funny because now I just feel like we're ping-ponging because, (laughs) (laughs) and I have all mine written down and I know you do as well. So it's funny. I think this just says we're so often on the same wavelength. This is an appreciation for something from days gone by, but I so appreciated that you originally suggested that we set up a standing call. I mean, we would have been friends. Like we'd be friends forever, no matter what. But I was thinking the other day how different the friendship might have evolved if we hadn't had that biweekly phone call for all those years. And I don't know that I would have thought to suggest that. Well, thank you so much. And I will in turn thank Shasta Nelson, who I've talked about on different episodes before, because she's a friendship expert. And that was one of her ideas and something she did at least with one girlfriend, maybe more. So I will receive your gratitude and appreciation, and I will turn it around and thank Shasta for the idea. So thank you. My next one is maybe a little on the lighter side, and that is I am super grateful for our bad slash good influence on each other. We always manage to get in a little bit of shopping trouble when we're together. And the reason I appreciate that so much is A, it's just kind of fun, but then B, especially Sherry, y'all, she has such a good memory. Like, oh, and I remember you bought that when we were in San Diego together, blah, blah, blah. So I appreciate, my credit card doesn't always appreciate it, but I appreciate how we can have fun and get into a little bit of trouble with each other. I often describe our shopping adventures as Anne is the shopping equivalent of the friend that you have just a little bit too much to drink when you're out with her <laughs> on the shopping level. So, and it is always so much fun. So my last expression of gratitude, although I have many, many more things I am grateful to you for, is on a little bit more of a semi-serious note, which is I am so grateful that I get to be around your beautiful, adventurous spirit. Because my spirit's not quite as adventurous. And I so appreciate being able to be around that energy and just hear the joy that you take in all these different things that you do, right? The yoga retreats and the 
travels to lots of different places. And while I do those things, I don't do them quite as extensively as you do. And I so appreciate your spirit. And my last, and also I'll agree this could go on and on, but (laughs) this will be the last one for today, is just your huge capacity for giving. Whether it's a local women's organization, a political group, or cat rescue group, you are always so generous with your time. And I think that's a unique thing. You walk your talk. If you are interested in something and you believe it's important, I so appreciate the fact that you jump in with both feet and lend your beautiful brain and resources to really helping whatever that particular cause might be. Mm, thank you. Absolutely. From from my heart to all of our participants, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts about gratitude in light of the pandemic. And equal amounts of gratitude to all of our listeners. I mean, we have so much fun with this podcast, but what makes us feel so grateful is the comments we hear back and the emails and the texts and the comments on social media. And we are so grateful to all of you for listening and for commenting. And as we wrap up today's episode, we're going to hear a few more words from Rebecca. Something I'm grateful for coming out of the pandemic was the sense of quiet, especially living in a city like Los Angeles, where there's tons of activity and you can always be in a crowd and the traffic is insane. Just to feel this very palpable hush come over the city and to realize this is a beautiful experience to be in LA in a big city and experience that kind of peace for me was beautiful. So coming out of the pandemic now, things are speeding up and coming back to its full tilt. I'm kind of finding ways to look for that in the city. Like how do I find those places where they're still quiet On that note, we want to wrap up the episode by wishing everybody in the U.S. a very, very happy Thanksgiving. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode and would love if you shared our podcast with a friend, gave us a rating on iTunes, or posted it to your own social media. Please join us next time for Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life.